And welcome back, everybody, to Comics Corner. This is episode 41. 41. Dude, back to back, we're fucking... This is like my Fortress of Solitude now. This is like the hour of the week I get to just... Just go back and forth, talk a little comics, and have some have some Uncle P time, dude. Some Uncle Pat Sean time. You you've earned it. The listeners have, have earned it. Well, the ones that pay for Patreon have definitely earned it. That's the other true. ones consider it a gift. Yeah, they got some work to do, but that's yeah. okay. We love you anyways. Um I think we got a good amount to talk about. We got some new She Hulk. I got some new rumors, things I've been learning from the interwebs Whoa. about stuff happening. Uh, we got some uh, comic book classico, aka real comic book talk. Uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a good episode. So if you were gonna turn it off, why don't you fucking get your hand off that dial, <laughs> or I guess a phone? The phone. <laughs> Are uh, you listening to us on the radio? Or? Yeah, it's on the radio. This is actually on uh, WTAM eleven hundred. Yeah, we play right after Mike Trevisano. Well, he's dead, so <laughs> yeah. Well, the ghost of Mike Trevisano. Dude, we, we, took, we should take over his time slot. Did I tell you I had an Uber driver the other day? Not even an Uber driver where I'm in the car. A uh, Uber Eats driver drop off food and immediately just go. Has anyone told you, you look like a young Mike Trevisano? Oh, yeah. I think you told me that. And I was like, hey, one, not a compliment. Definitely not. Like, It's not like someone was like, you know who was handsome? That Mike Trevisano. <laughs> like this overweight fucking like. You know, he was gross. Yeah. He well, maybe was, as a young man, he had your boyish good looks. My cherubesque charm. Exactly. No, dude, I have a funny Mike Trevisano story. Apparently, my buddy, the place he used to work at, he would record there live on like one day a week. On, like, was two- it Trivs? It was no, it wasn't Trivs. No, it was a different place in Westlake that will remain nameless. But he would go there and he'd record his show there once a week. And he'd order food after the show, and he would always get. He said he would always get double sliders, so like Ugh. double burgers on a slider. My buddy's just thinking. He goes, "Dude, why don't you just get a hamburger? It's the same yeah. amount of meat." No, because that's like fat people logic. It was literally not even on the menu. He was ordering them that way. You know? Yeah, that's it's like fat person logic, which I can say because he has more of them. Yeah, you're like, uh, listen, I didn't have a giant ham. I, these are sliders. These are almost mini. Yeah, so if you eat like six of them, you just ate fucking you yeah, know, three six, hamburgers. You ate six hamburgers. They're doubles. Yeah. I mean, that's why that guy looked like a mix between... He he looked like the male version of Pearl from Blade. Just the big fat <laughs> yeah, vampire yeah. that like can't move at all, and it's just annoying. Yeah, and they just stuck a mic in front of him and some sunglasses and God. called it a day. Mike Trevisano is going to haunt my apartment from now on. Well, you uh, know. Other news, though. She-Hulk episode two. It's burning a hole in my brain. I got to discuss with you. How how did you feel? I felt really good about it, and I felt like I wanted more, but I mostly felt, as we were talking before the show, it was a little too short. It, sh- it was a shorty, dude. Uh, also, real heavy, just kind of exposition episode. Yeah. It's her getting the job, her kind of struggling with this being a metahuman thing. She kind of got the job because she's a metahuman. Yeah. And I think it's obviously, I mean, it's pretty heavy handed that they're like, oh, she shouldn't just get the job because she's a mutant freak. Yeah. No pun in, or no offense. But it's like, yeah, I worked really hard to get this degree. It's like, well, no shit. You still had to have the degree. It's not like if you didn't have a degree, they're like, oh, do you want to be a lawyer? Yeah. You know, what's cool, though, is the character of Jennifer Walters seems very 
open-minded even though like she's annoyed like she's just gonna roll with the punches because yes. she's already had to put up with so much bullshit I, and being I, in that field i do like that a lot about this show is <clears throat> it doesn't make the like jennifer walters in it take this like big dumb fucking stance about like no i'm gonna show it's like Hey, you got a great job. Yeah. Shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, she just like, you know, has to like beat herself up for a little bit. And then like, oh, wait, actually, okay, it's not that bad. I could make a difference. And, yeah. you know, um, I'll tell you what, man, what's awesome about just watching the show for me visually is like how much it looks like those old John Byrne, She-Hulk comics. Yeah. Like it, the, the wardrobe, just like, I mean, character design, everything about it is just like, it's, it's so true to the comic. I'm... I'm pretty happy. I know before the show came out, people were, as the internet always does, has to get in an uproar about something and was like, the CGI that they did on her looks horrible. Yeah, this, this I don't know that. why people are saying that. I, I don't think see it, it. I know they retouched it up. Also, here's the other thing. Hey, the, the Marvel or Disney or whoever is being nice enough to fans to give you these sneak peeks and these little things. And yeah, all anyone can do is like bitch and complain because they're like, oh, it doesn't even look good. It looks like it's not done. And I'm sure people at Marvel are making the show are like, yeah, because it's not done. I just gave you a sneak peek. Yeah. That's kind of the concept of it. Yeah. And like, you know, it's good to have that feedback. I mean, it's a delivery is huge, but sometimes, you know, people listen to the fans, the, the Sonic movie. It, I was just uh, thinking the same thing. Even like, uh, it wasn't like there's something about Thanos, the way he ended up looking in the yeah, and long they, run. He ends up, Thanos definitely in uh, Avengers 1, where they had that little cutscene. It's not even Josh Brolin. No, like, no, no. It's no. some other guy, and he looks def- definitely looks different. Then when they were like, all right, this guy's got to get some screen time. I think they literally might have just done that as like, all right, let's see, you know, how this little snippet at the end fucking goes. And everyone went ape shit. And it's like, cool, now let's polish it up. Yeah. No, and it's and that's funny you say that because I I want to, we'll segue into this later because I want to finish talking She-Hulk. But speaking of special effects, like I just watched this awesome thing that's on Disney Plus that's not getting any advertisement, but every any sort of special effects or sci-fi fan should watch it. Yeah. It's called Light and Magic. It's about ILM, Industrial Light and yeah. Magic, uh, George Lucas's special effects house. His baby. That was literally created to make Star Wars, but went on to make literally all do all the special effects for it, every major uh you know action or sci-fi yeah, film. I was going to say they're the fucking yeah. essentially almost run a monopoly and they on. And, and yeah and they do well there's other special effects houses now but they they're the only one and obviously, long, they get the big contracts though so they do a lot of the marvel stuff yeah. if not all of it and you know it's funny that scene in Avengers 1 where you see Thanos for like 5 seconds that probably took some poor fucking programmer like six months to do. Yeah. Just for that little clip, that little end, the you know, first credit, post credit scene. And people were just like, looks like shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it looks, his uh, chin looks like a foot. I mean, do you know how, when, when you're putting skin on something or, you know, something that has any, can reflect light in any sort of way, yeah. you have to do that all, you know, it's all just a fucking number in a computer. Yeah, and oh, someone has to put that in there. Without that, it's it, painstakingly. And the other big part that's even slower about it is at least all these motherfuckers who had the they had a format or a little bit of a loose outline for what Thanos should look like, this and that. The first guy who did it was just like looking at fucking Infinity Crisis, the comic, and just being like, "All right, well, he's mean, got uh, this weird chant, like Infinity Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Yeah, it's like he just has like." You're just looking at a comic book and trying to figure out, like, what are good reference yeah, images? Yeah, John Favreau just threw on the, the table. He's like, I want this. 
Yeah, Kevin Feige's like, hey, can we just set one guy aside to work on Thanos for the next six months? And that guy probably went through a hundred of them. Well, now that's got me curious. I wonder if it was always the plan to have Josh Brolin in the mocap stuff or if they were just going to completely CGI it. Yeah, I'm... I'd imagine they would have had someone in the mocap, but they didn't know who yet. But they didn't probably didn't know who, because also here's the thing to me: it's like sometimes the mocap shit. I'm like, this really doesn't matter that much. Like who it is? Yeah, like who it is. Like I mean, for example, Andy Circus is always that dude has yeah. a mocap suit underneath everything he wears. Yeah. I think, but when it's like their movements. And their voice coming out of whoever's making yeah. that movement, it's just so much more believable. Like that's why I love when they, they do it with video games. Like the guy that does Nathan Drake yeah. does the voice. Nolan North. He does the voice and he and does he the does mocap. mocap. And it's so cool. Like it's the same because it actually looks like a guy in his mid to late thirties doing all these very physically demanding things. Yeah. The way the body moves, you know. It's not like the Robert De Niro CGI where it literally you know, his face is supposed to be a thirty year old man, but it's clearly an eighty year old man attempting oh to stomp this guy's brain that- out. <laughs> scene is one of the absolute funniest. It almost looks as if there is a guy that they like was in the full green screen suit and had a rope and was like lifting and like dropping his yeah. leg. Like as if he himself was like, well, I'm physically unable to do this. And this is in between, you know, the other two and a half hours of footage of uh, Al Pacino just eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget. <laughs> he just eats ice cream. Like the whole every movie. scene. They're like, what? Uh, how do? You, what's it? Who's he playing? Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Was that his thing? Like, I've never heard it. Yeah, they're like, it's like one guy read an article. He, and he like, likes Sundays. Yeah. Well, the one guy's obviously Al Pacino. Just read like the Google pop. <laughs> He's like, fun facts about uh, Jimmy Hoffa and this yeah. big ice cream aficionado who's like, get the ice cream. Like, like, who? <laughs> give me some ice cream on set, please. They they make it seem like because he didn't drink or smoke, like that's yeah. why, that's why he did it. It's like, but yeah, like an ice cream sundae is not like a cigarette or a beer. You're not gonna eat six of them in one day. Yeah, you're not like someone's like, wow, he is literally. He just had twenty four ice cream cones. <laughs> he but, had an entire uh, like five gallon tub of ice cream. Oh, for sure. So circling back to She-Hulk, um, you know, we finally get to see Tim Roth's character, the yeah. uh, Abomination. I, f- I felt kind of... So I get that he is manip- being manipulative, that it's not like... Obviously, he's not being a sincere guy. And Tim Roth's great at that because Tim Roth always looks like a real like yeah. squirmy bastard kind of person in general. But he sold it so well; it's so believable. They're like, "Hey, man! Like, I, you know, I was, well, I was thought I was helping my country. I was, the, I thought I was the good guy." It more to me seemed like he spent enough time, saw how the public perception of people like the Hulk had changed, and was like, "Oh." Well, I could just spin my whole thing into like I still the Hulk was an enemy of the state too at one yeah, point. Yeah, but you get even points in that conversation where she's talking to him. Oh yeah, uh, spoilers. But um, <laughs> you get points in that conversation where he's talking about the haikus or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. she's he's like starting to like kind of tear up, and she's like, "Hey, you don't have to like pull it back. Just be <laughs> honest." And it is like you can tell that she even knows that like this is him. To at least to a degree, being insincere or manipulative, and I think the whole thing is just him being manipulative. I think he's working with uh, Val, like Valentina, whatever uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, and is working with her 
to create this Thunderbolts because we know we're doing the Thunderbolts. Yeah. I think he's obviously going to play. He's done the same thing uh, to a degree as Hulk where there's the Professor Hulk version. So a a version of you as a gamma fucking monster, but more in control. I was going to say, that's also the question. Can he just turn it on and off? I think he can turn it on and off as well. I think he... Because that's what I'm saying. I think he spent a lot of this time in prison, in isolation, figuring out, all right, how do I control this fucking thing inside me? Also, how do I write my own narrative to go... It's not like they fucking surprise dose this dude with fucking like gamma like serum. He he wanted to be a big bad motherfucker. Yeah, he he came into the whole thing as like basically a mercenary. Like it wasn't he wasn't a hero before, but he goes, oh, on paper, it looks like he's a I'm a good guy. It's a guy who like who never misses a day of work, always shows up, always like somehow gets like the amount of stuff done they're supposed to but you're still like hey you're still a dog shit per like employee like i know on yeah. paper it seems like you're good but it's like you're not and we know this man there's also the whole thing where like you know yes she's supposed to represent this guy that doesn't mean he like should you know can win parole like either way she yeah. gets paid right whether she wins or loses yeah, it the doesn't case, matter right? <laughs> and i think he's obviously going to get Paroled, I think you. Yeah. I well, think, yeah, we don't know what's about to happen because at the very end they see that this, he's in the fucking fight ring and it's like Shang Chi. Yeah. So which is kind of cool to even just like you know timeline wise, like oh everything we just saw took place before the Shang Chi movie. Shang Chi movie. I am a little interested to see. I'm curious what the timeline is because there's always like little things that happened before or after. Because what I'm guessing is that someone. Maybe uh, Agent 13, uh, Sharon Carter, leaked the fight to help not get... Like, I'm thinking Sharon Carter might still be kind of a good guy. What was the last thing we saw her in? Falcon and Winter Soldier. She played the power broker. Yeah, that was not great. No, it it definitely wasn't great, but it's also like... I feel like she would be the... I think they have a good actress... Or actor to play that role. I think they want to keep utilizing her, and they're like, "There's more that could happen." It's a really easy character because it's like a Hawkeye or Black Widow. There's no fucking extra powers. We don't have to figure out how to. All you can do is regular people shit. Yeah, we gave yeah. you a gun, and it turns out bullets are still pretty like reliable. It still like hurts people. Yeah. So I think they still want to use her. So I'm guessing she's the one who revealed it. But I also think there's a good. You know, what? all you got to say in my mind is like, yeah, that's a du- different gamma person. And they're like, well, it looks like you. It's like, we all look alike. What are you, what are you trying to say? Yeah. It's the opposite. We do all look alike. Do you think, because we only see her for a brief second in the first episode, are we going to see uh, Titania again? Yeah. From talking to the actress, not me personally, but the internet, uh, she is returning in episode five. Oh, okay. Because um, I think we're getting some more, a longer run of the series. I'm just more interested to when we start really jumping into, let me see fucking Wong and Daredevil. And like, let me get these cameos. That's what we really want to see for sure. And we just got some news the other day that, guess who else is making a little appearance? Who? Uh, one of your favorite artists, I'm sure, 
Megan the Stallion. Oh yeah, she's gonna be, be in the show. She's gonna be in uh in She Hulk. And um my big thing though is do you think she's playing a Marvel character or she's playing Megan the Stallion? Uh I'm sure she's playing some sort of second tier Marvel character if I Because like to me it's so weird that um like does she have any acting history? Um, I don't know. You know what I, I mean? mean they like, do that a lot in these these shows these days. They like just having some, you know, relative guests. You know, someone that's big in pop culture at the time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, they, they used to do it on the fucking love boat every week. <laughs> no, for sure. But it's like I just wonder: Do you give her? Yeah, maybe she's just someone representing like or, Thundercat and Boba Fett. You know, he's just kind of there. Yeah, or like you know. See, I'm wondering if it's also maybe her suing some... Like, she's just in a courtroom scene. Okay. Yeah, you never know. But, uh, so, yeah. I, there's going to be a lot of cool characters popping it throughout the show. And I think that's what's going to keep people watching every week. I'm, a, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to the next one. And um, But I did hear some other Marvel news in yeah. regards to... Little X Men action. So, the issue with X Men going further is basically all the people who are in the Fox universe are under contract still. The like the first class people. The first class people. So the situation is to use any of those characters that person who's under contract has to get first dibs at it. Oh. So basically, like, if they wanted to do Mystique and Jennifer Lawrence, which she would never say, but wanted to do it again, she would have to get that role. But if that person says, whoever played fucking Cyclops in first class would be like, they would ask him, and he goes, "You know, you know, I got other shit going on, or I like, you know, I changed careers, whatever." If he says no, then they're good to go, right? But at a certain point, it's like you almost have to find out who's in, who's out before writing the script, and then because a, another online rumor regarding X Men is the other dude from. Did you see New Top Gun? I did not. No. <sighs> Great Father's Day movie. To yeah, I, I wanted to see it. I heard great things. It's, the movie itself like, is completely fine. It feels like a modern-day 80s movie in the best way. Sure, sure. Like, There's really no plot. Even the like thing they're battling is just so ominous. And like, there's no country. There's, it's just like they're trying to bomb this uranium facility. Like They don't use any country names. Just like very surface level. But... Uh, there's another fighter pilot in the movie that is like the uh, antagonist and or one of them, and he is supposed to be rumored to be Cyclops, and I think he would fucking nail it. Which guy is it? Who does he play in? There? Um, he plays. I forget his name, but basically, it's the rival to miles teller's character okay right on like he's kind of just a douchebag guy and but he has like a very good like that like i'm surprised he didn't get the other kid the kid that would played him in the uh, first class series is the dude that was in like ready player one and i thought he was fine 
He's the main no. character in Ready Player One, and he was Cyclops. Oh, was he? I thought yeah. it was Miles Teller was in Ready Player One. No. No? Oh. <laughs> no, it's this kid. I don't even know his name. He got really puffy lips. Oh, and- I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, if that if they wanted to cast that other dude, they would have to be give that kid first dibs, though. Yeah, and then that might potentially change. Yeah. Well, so who do they actually... I guess the real question is, who do they want? Do they want James McAvoy? Do they want Michael Fassbender? Are they interested in doing it? I think they want to reboot everyone. Yeah. But I just don't think that's going to happen because that Dark Phoenix movie did so bad. But that's what I'm saying is I think if you start introducing people... Oh, this ties right back to She-Hulk. There is, at one point in the show, looking at a newspaper, one of the side articles is Canadian man starts bar fight with three claws in hand. Oh, shit. I didn't even see that. So That's there sweet. is this like super Easter egg for Wolverine for sure in She-Hulk. Yeah. Well, there were these two also really you know fun scenes that were in the show. One was when uh, they make the reference to like when he first fought Abomination. He's like, yeah, I was a yeah. completely different person back then. And then like she looks at the screen. She's like, yeah, literally like it, that, that was funny. No, there's definitely the third wall breaks. Have fourth been, wall. Fourth wall have been really good. Because they're not super heavy. Yeah. It's not all the time. It's just little comments. And I like that because I feel like that's how it was in the comic. Yeah. You don't need it every scene. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need like basically you journaling to yourself or like you giving me this big, long fucking like diatribe about like what the fuck is happened in the episode. It's just making jokes like that where, oh, yeah, I was a completely different person back then. And her looking and kind of being like winking at it and acknowledging that that is a joke. It would have been funny if she was like, what's up, Eddie? (laughs) Edward. Um, And then also in that same scene, you find out that he is on back on that spaceship, probably to Sakaar. Yeah, he's going back to Sakaar. And I think I think we're setting up a World War Hulk situation. Dude, it's like that was exciting. And also like much like the X-Men, much like Fantastic Four, Hulk is just cooler in space when he's on other planets and... It's just, that's just cool to me, you know? It's a very one-trick pony when he is on Earth. Yeah. Because it's either him being way OP for 99% of characters, at least, especially ones that we've been introduced to. Like, if Hulk goes full Hulk mode, not like Professor Hulk, that dude's stopping anything. But in outer space, you get, like, more depth to him, where it's like, all everything's super powered. Yeah, that, no, that's a good point. Uh, but hey, I got some quick news here. Well, not quick. We can talk about this for a little bit. But so I'll give it right four after minutes. we. <laughs> thank you. We were just after we were talking about Batgirl and the canceling of that movie, um, or the unreleased, I should say, of that movie on our last episode. I came across this article. You found it online. It's on nope. LimeWire. Nope. Uh, so I came across this article, and uh, it just came out a few days ago. Apparently, Batgirl to have a funeral screening on the Warner Brothers parking yeah. lot. Did you see this? Um, so apparently, it's only going to be for people that were like involved in the movie. Yeah, because I believe it's a. The big thing about it is it's like a free thing for the cast and crew, and even when um, when it first got canceled, I remember reading something about some like Hollywood savvy person made a joke about like. Well, I guess the only people that get to see this are drunk executives at a late night party one time, and which is essentially what it sounds like. You know, I'm sure it's not like the entire like uh, boom mic guy four. No, no, no. It says invited. it says right here. Uh, 
Only permitted people to the screenings will be cast and crew. Well, maybe. Maybe the boom mech guy will be there. And then representatives and yeah. executives involved. So and then it goes on to say, so this is a little more clarification. I don't know how accurate this is. It says that you know the CEO we were talking about last week, David Salzoff, signed the death warrant when he opted to axe the project in favor of a tax write-off in the hopes of raking in around $3 billion in savings. So, yes, this movie took cost $90 million to make, but apparently they're going to make some money back off of it somehow. Yeah, I think... Well, here's the other thing a lot of people don't Pretty realize. Crazy. Is, at least from mo- or other things I've read and listened to, the movie might cost $90 million, But is that including the... Uh, promotional or whatever, you know, like the whole rollout for it, because a lot of times they'll say like that can cost like half the movie. What can like the rollout for a movie? Oh, sure. That's like, like the advertising for yeah, it and everything? The, all the advertising and stuff that it's just like, yeah, you're spending another, if it costs 90 million to make, you might be spending another 45 just to try and reassure that you're getting all this back. So it says that you know the CEO's write-down creates legal liabilities for the studio and would penalize the money received from their claim if Batgirl were released, uh, and they would receive increments over time. The potential to receive the full write-down immediately as opposed to the percentage received while the film still exists causes the question whether the studio might completely destroy the footage as a show of good faith to the IRS. If revenue cannot be made, revenue cannot be lost. Yeah. So that's like... So that's why we were talking about like... They're they're, literally, they're they're literally just trying to completely you know evaporate this movie, yeah, which is it, insane. I mean, at that point, here's the thing: what's what do you need? You need to lock this thing in like the vault somewhere. Well, then why would they even screen this in the parking lot for the cast and crew? Because it's like, dude, you know, at least one person is going to record this and leak, yeah. and leak it. I mean, here's the thing: is I'm sure, like like I said, Boom Mike Four ain't really invited. They put <laughs> cast and crew. The crew part is like the fucking director and like ad and i mean like, honestly they'll probably make it they'll probably go as far as like oh if you want to come and watch this movie on the lot you're gonna have to put your cell phone in this box oh yeah a hundred percent yeah they, i don't understand how there's no honor system here yeah like when shit gets leaked i do get like comic-con because there are certain things that i think are kind of intended where comic-con's always you know is my example of it where cool someone gets like a really grainy out of focus video where everyone's screaming and you just kind of see like a fantastic four logo (laughs) and you're like, this is sick. This doesn't like everyone knows that this is clearly not the quality this is, but it's like an extra sneak peek. You can do that. Like Kevin Feige is like, they live for it. Yeah. He's like, who gives a fuck? I'm not showing you anything anyways. Yeah. Take your little picture and everyone (laughs) nerd out online. And then guess what? I'm going to fucking make you come yourself when I show you the trailer. Exactly. No, that's, yeah. But some people need that, you know? Speaking of, we have a new director, though, for Fantastic Four. Okay, who's that? It is, he worked on WandaVision as a director. He also did a bunch of Always Sunny episodes. So there's been a big meme online that, uh, the Always Sunny cast would play the Fantastic Four, mm. which has Dennis playing Doctor Doom, obviously. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see it all. That's uh, but the dude's name is... New director for Fantastic Four is Matt Shackman. Okay. So 
He's done some other, like I said, he's done some Marvel stuff. They were kind of expressing that Kevin Feige just doesn't want to be babysitting on set all the time. Right. Like, I think there are a lot of situations, maybe not a lot, but some situations where maybe Kevin Feige is kind of like, he's, it's like ghostwriting, dude. He's just kind of like ghost directing. Yeah. You know, he's just like, hey, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do that? Like, all right, he's done some episodes, did an episode of The Boys, did Succession, Billions, Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, he's worked on big budget. I think that's the other thing is they get all these indie directors because they're great at telling a story. Yeah. But a lot of them haven't worked in a big budget. And that probably fucks you up. Yeah, that's a it's a big flip, you know. But no, it's a it's a wise choice. Best of luck to him. But I can say, you know, I think the bar has been set pretty low after the last guy's. Oh yeah, John Josh Trank. Trank. Yeah, Yeah. after his like abomination of a film. I mean, if this guy doesn't drive a car into a pool, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's essentially golden. Well, speaking of directors and such, this is pretty cool. Getting back to that series I was talking about, that's on Disney Plus, Lights and Mad Light and Magic. It's fantastic. And so one of the guys that's part of the original crew that was on Star Wars, his name was uh, Joe Johnston. Does that name ring a bell? Um, well, we'll get to it. Yeah. So you know, once I started saying the movies that he was involved in, it's kind of crazy. But he was always just a guy that worked at ILM, art direction. He would do a lot of the storyboards. He was kind of a jack of all trades at the ILM warehouse. Yeah, so he, he was probably like an OG. And the thing is... He was an OG. He literally like saw an ad for it at like his college. And he's like, he literally said, he goes, well, this is a closer commute than my current job, so I'm going to take it. And that's literally how it happened. And he went on to be very influential in the process of making all the star- the original Star Wars films. And then he eventually... Actually, George Lu- when he said he was going to quit, George Lucas said, I'm going to pay for you to go to USC film school. And he did. And uh, George he- Lucas was like, if you quit i'm going to kill myself <laughs> i'm going well, to stab myself in the heart well with, what's funny is he, one of the prop life he, he, he wanted to take just like a little time off of work like dude, i just like he's like i'm burned out like yeah i want to go travel i want to enjoy that's some a, of my life yeah. and then he's like and then george is like how about i pay for you to film school he's like well that's kind of the opposite of what i just said but yeah. he couldn't pass up the offer he knew that this was like pretty amazing that, i mean these are some of the movies he went on to, to direct Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Love it. The Rocketeer, which I never saw, but heard very mixed reviews about. Yeah. Um, the Page Master, one of my fucking favorite. <laughs> Dude, pretty scary book. So slept on. Yeah. That oh, movie, super slept on. That movie fucking ruled when I was a kid, And man. it's kind of scary. He did um, Jumanji. He did October. OG Jumanji? Yeah. OG nice. Jumanji with, with, uh, Robbie. with Robin Williams. October Sky, Jurassic Park 3, Hidalgo, mm. The Wolfman. Captain America, the first Avenger. That's probably oh, where you recognize his name okay. from. Yeah, Joe Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Because he was he's like that was the only Marvel movie he did, I believe. Yeah. So that's why his name always stuck out to me. Because I'm the whole time I'm like, why does he sound so familiar? Um so yeah, dude, a lot of like really cool sci-fi nerdy type media that this guy went on to sort of direct, and he was just like a fucking dude that worked at ILM. Yeah, I mean, one, pretty sick that that George like George Lucas was probably just like, dude, listen, I see I know you can do this. And if you just have the degree, it's just going to be like a lot easier to get you these jobs. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's like he vouched for him, like especially for like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, because that was the first movie he directed. Oh, for sure. And that's a great, fun game for them to do like the visualization. He knows what you can do on the computer versus what you got to do in practical effects. Yeah, it's that's such a heavy movie based on 
you know, special effects. The, the, the practical effects stuff is just so cool because all these guys were obsessed with like Ray Harryhausen and yeah. like, you know, the original King Kong. Like that's what makes these guys, that's why they wanted to do special effects. Yeah. And when they, they found out there was literally no special effects houses anymore in, in, you know, in LA or whatever, in Hollywood, they're just like started their own. It's fucking awesome. So definitely watch Light and Magic. It was six, Light it's six Magic, episodes. Disney Plus? Yeah, I got sucked into it, man. Like I watched the first four episodes in the first night. I was up to like two in the morning. Been there. Been there. So yeah, definitely check that out. Um, uh, I had one other little piece of thing I was telling you about. My buddy who's a collector. Oh, yeah. Just completed. We need my raw reaction. He just completed. Yeah, he just completed a really big run. So starting with like the new era of X-Men. So what? Okay. Giant size number one. Where they giant size, where they where kind they, of bring that first time of bringing the new team. Together. Yeah, so your Wolverines, your your Storm, Nightcrawler, and uh, uh, Colossus, Sunfire, yeah, and Warpath too. Oh, really? All what I'm a pretty big sure issue. that whole that was that whole because that was like the ultimate. Yeah, mo- I don't know. I said ultimate. So so weird. it's basically he's got he's got that one that kind of kicks off the run. Yeah, Giant X Size uh, X Men number one. Great then book it's, to have. Then it's uh, X-Men 94 all the way to 400. He has a complete run of that. And those are pretty much all the Chris Claremonts, more or less. Damn. Isn't that, that is insane? Insane. So he has He wants that. to sell it as an entire collection and make like a big buck off it. Yeah, I mean... He's like, I'm going to buy a boat and I'm going to name it Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good-ass collection. To, but the hard part about selling a whole collection like that is, I think, would be... Like you just you, it's gonna take time because you gotta find the right buyer to yeah. buy a whole. You know, a lot of guys want. Well, and he's it. waiting for this them to get, get in the MCU. Also, yeah, obviously, and to like pieces, parts. It does he have them graded? Um, some of them he has slabbed. I'm pretty sure his giant size is slabbed. I'm not sure. He sells a lot of slabs because yeah. you can actually make good money off that. Once oh, you put the sure. money into it, you can actually get some pretty good money out of it. Yeah, and if I imagine too, it's like once you are a plug. Then people keep spreading the word, and because it's such a small community, if you have a good source of like high graded slabs, people are gonna just fuck. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. People know they're like, oh yeah, this guy is like reliable. Sends them, you're good. Because there's so much speculation all the time that when someone does find a reliable seller, you're like, okay, cool. This is a good person to buy. From. I know. Think about all the people that have unfortunately been ripped off. I don't think oh, it happens yeah. a lot in the comic book community, but there's just there's scammers everywhere. It's a shame. Yeah, I watched that dude, um, Mint Hunter, yeah, on YouTube, and he fucking had a kind of scam situation himself, where dude was uh, had he had bought comics off some dude on eBay a couple different times, bought a bunch. You know, a handful from them this last time, and like three of them were just like fucking wrecked. Like, oh man, because he they were all supposed to be like nine or up. It was like false advertisement. Yeah, a little bit like false advertising. It's just like very clearly too. It wasn't like, uh, oh, this might be an eight eight or an eight nine. You know, what I mean, this is like truly just you know a five. Yeah, and it's like, oh well, I don't a five has no value. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's just no per. So it's like I don't care. I wouldn't. I'm just gonna wait and buy it. And sometimes they're not even like the most expensive of books. So you're just like, this is annoying now that I'm like spending this money. True that. Begin scam sucks, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not for me. Um, so he's got that whole collection. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I, 
one of my favorite runs of comics is that Grant Morrison new X-Men that I believe is part of that whole run. I think you're right. Um, but what's crazy about it, and you know, honestly, he might even sell them individually because there's so many key books yeah. in that, you know, over 300 set. Oh, there's, there's dude, so if, you're, if you slabbed them, that's the thing. Like the Days of Future Past run, the Dark Phoenix run. Like, even just, that giant size X-Men's worth yeah, a lot of money. You could really, even if you just slabbed of... The key books? Your keys. like First appearances. First appearances. Uh, um, like special events. Like quick runs. Like shit like that. Yeah, that, I think they're like Jean Grey and uh, Scott Summers' weddings in there. You know, shit yeah, like there, that. There's a bunch that you can, I'm sure you can look up. And at least determine, all right, what's this sell for as at raw versus what it sells slab. Yeah. And for people who don't know what slabbing is, is just fucking. There's companies like CGC. Um, do you know what the other one? There's there's Beckett, another big one. Yeah, Beckett one. something like that. But Beckett doesn't cards, but fuck it, you get what, the point. You send this comic in, they're gonna make you pay basically like I want to say it's. 60 70 bucks or something a book yes at least yeah it's like something around there maybe 70 80 and they'll send it back to you professionally graded sealed hermetically sealed or whatever and like a fucking big piece of plastic but that'll jump a 50 dollar book to 500 dollars. yeah so you're making this investment and it's like but you gotta do the math to figure out do I think this one's going to raise in price because it's got a first appearance? You know, like Deadpool comics went fucking crazy when Deadpool appeared. Yeah. So he's in a good spot, though, because you start slabbing the motherfuckers up now. Yeah. Then when the X-Men do make it to the MCU, whew, just start unloading. Yeah, and he's, he's on eBay and he does pretty well on there, so... We'll have to maybe get him on the show do you, sometime. Do you have any slab books? No, 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 no. <laughs> Damn, dude. I don't know. I don't. It's not something I've gotten into collecting. I, I've always been weary of single issue collecting in general because it's it can be very addicting. You know, that's I, I only agree. have like 150 single issues, and I I don't really need like stacks and stacks of boxes. I already have enough shit. <laughs> yeah, I like getting the books that I like the cover art, or yeah, maybe I get a a key book or a, you know an important book for a good price, but it's sporadic. You know. Yeah, I definitely, I'm transitioned more into just like if I'm going to buy a book that if I'm bored, I like always like the story, the artwork, you know, really yeah. hits. It's, I'll just get the graphic novel. Like, it, I don't need to have like. It depends. Yeah. It's like, do I like the story or just like, oh, do I like this cover? You know, is this something maybe can worth money later down the road and you're just speculating that off the rip. But like, uh, you know, like, perfect example, I bought all those Dr. Fate books. I've got, like, yeah. I'm only, like, I'm, like, 15 or 20 off the, the entire run of that 80s um, uh, run. I can't remember who wrote that. Uh, but anyways, you know, Dr. Fate's about to show up in these DC movies, so maybe that'll jump the, you know, yeah, demand Yeah, I mean, that could jump bit, the price on them. And also, it's kind of fun to just get, there's a ton of comics that have pretty short runs that you can collect a whole run, and there is, like, a nice set of, yeah. Like completion, it shows you know you're not you don't have to buy like your homie's fucking collection is three hundred com- like a daunting number yeah of comics. It's like there's a lot of runs that you're like, hey, it's twenty books, and for maybe ten years you're kind of just on the hunt for these like twenty books, mm-hmm. and it like is that's fun, what he was doing, yeah. yeah. And it's a fun game to like fucking search through, and it's like yeah, to 
be able to complete a collection is like a weird thing that not everyone gets to have. Yeah. And then it's like, Ooh, do I sell, you know, and I don't want to you know, sell them off. I just finished I, it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I just got all of them. Do yes. you think he, did he read them all? Like, I'm sure he's read all the stories, you know, in one would, form or another. I would do one whole read through, yeah, front he, to back. He's a big X Men guy. I think he's definitely done I mean, his homework. Who doesn't love some, love some X Men? Exactly. What? Uh, all right. On the topic of X Men, what character who hasn't been in a movie are you hoping to see in the MCU? See, I thought you. I feel like you've asked me this before, and I feel like we've seen like everyone we really need to except for like random ones like the bedazzler or something like that dude i think we saw dazzler Dazzler in one of the movies are you serious oh maybe probably so that's what i'm saying like they've all been around uh i'm trying to think of even like some cool villains that like haven't even really i would love to see mr sinister okay mr sinister from like uh they tease him actually in that new mutants movie that like was just uh you know such ultimate mess. Like it was made for like five years. Which the, one? The New Mutants. Uh oh, the show? No, it was a movie from Fox. What? About when did this come out? Um I don't know. It here's the issue. It was like made and then sat on the shelf for like five years and then eventually just came out. It was on, in like movie theaters and shit? It might have been. Hey, I don't recall this at all. I mean, it made no. I was money. never a new mutants guy, though. I'm I like, dude, loved, there's enough. I love. New really, mutants. I was like, dude, there's enough fucking X Men. I'm. <laughs> new mutants was just it hit right. The OG comics of it just have a lot of good. It's got like Daniel Moonstar um, as Mirage. You got. Uh, it has the first appearance of. Deadpool and Cable, I think. Like you get a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and like, then, then cool. X Force came. Yeah, isn't there another X X Force and there's X Factor. X Factor. But X yeah. Factor was after the I think after the giant size X Men, the OG X Men team became X Factor, and um. then X Force has always been more or less like a. Black Ops team. And like Cable and Psylocke. And, yeah, because yeah. I just actually watched an overview of like the most recent run. Yeah, I, I need to I need to get hip to that. Dude, it's it seems good. It I feel like it was short though. I want more stories. Yeah. Like I hope there's a second volume. Because they just go over the first volume. But yeah, I mean I've we've seen a lot, a lot of X-Men characters. So the only one I can think of off the top of my head even would be like so in the Dark Phoenix run, there is like the people that are kind of pulling the strings, the Hellfire Club. And I'm not talking about yeah. Stranger Things. I'm talking about fucking X-Men Wait, up that, in here. Which one was that in? Which what? The, it was the Dark Phoenix saga. What? They were in... Because I know they were in... Hellfire New- Club is like... So like... Sebastian uh, Shaw. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he... No, is that him? Is no, the character that's him? in... That is in X-Men First Class. Right. Is right. that... I guess that is the same character then. So we've seen everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but they don't call it the Hellfire Club in that. But like the whole thing where like there, there's like these flashback scenes with Jean Grey, and she's like reliving this like former life of hers or whatever. Oh, and see, the Hellfire Club is kind of like fueling these and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've never pretty, seen the the last Phoenix Saga one on like the newest one. No, 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 no. Like the one from like '79 and '80, the one that you know it's a Claremont John Byrne run. Oh, you're talking. I thought you're talking, talking about, about the movie. No, I'm talking about the comic. Yeah, okay, that totally checks out so much more, dude. I'm yeah. sorry. I was, my brain was like, 
Yeah, dude, they're in first class. They were like, yeah, in the Phoenix. Is that what they call themselves in that? Um, I don't know if they do actually use the phrase Hellfire Club, but I would also. I think there's a lot of characters we could see better versions. Yeah, of. they're not like, even like. I don't think there's any like mutants even in like the Hellfire Club. It's more so than like it's like this like well, tribunal they, type like secret society. Well, yeah, because they have like the White King, the White Queen. White Queen was Emma Frost. Then the. Black King and the Black Queen and Madeline Pryor, yeah, the clone of Jean Grey made by Mister Sinister, ends up joining the Hellfire Club and she becomes the Black Queen, with Sebastian Shaw being like her counterpart. That shit's wild, man. I would love to see like a cool, t. That'd be a great TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like a really good Disney, or maybe even Hulu. I guess they're doing rated R stuff on Disney Plus now. Yeah, they're kind of putting whatever on there these days, which is fine. I mean, all you have to do is have the... You have a kid's setting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What's well, a... It's not, not like it's that difficult. show you certain things yeah. that you're, yeah, you're I mean, pretty fucking... To. I feel like everything has that now. Even YouTube pops up. They're like, do you want to put it in kid's setting? I'm like, dude, I'm watching a guy train minks to kill rats. <laughs> That's definitely blocked on the kid's setting. Yeah. No, get out of here. Hey, are you sure there's not a kid running around in there? Yeah. Is there a child? <laughs> um, you been reading anything recently? Uh, no, I haven't. I, you know, you know, we've talked about this before. We, you kind of go in waves where like you're, you're reading a lot of books for a while yeah. and you kind of put them down. I kind of put them down for just, just a hot second. But I will get around to reading League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's next on the list. Oh, yeah. Dude. So I'll be interested to talk about that because, you know, my only um, experience with it is the movie. And obviously it's not great. Um, I, 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 I and this is coming from someone who is not a harsh critic at all. Well, I was gonna say, I think as a kid, though, I remember like not hating it. I didn't hate it, but I was just kind of like, eh, like there's better movies. Like, and, like, yeah, it wasn't like the most extravagant thing. There Sean cool Connery scenes. just kind of like sucks, dude. He just like doesn't bring a ton of enthusiasm. No, no, no. I no, feel no. like he's, it weighs down. Like he's underwhelming. Fucking Tony Schlieb's greatest Captain Nemo. And, oh my god, I forgot that's Tony yeah, Shalhoub. And uh, do- the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde guy is cool. Invisible Man is just creepy, as yeah. always. But also, it's always very pervy. That's very pervy character. Always. Because Invisible Man, you're just like, dude, I, we know your first move, dude. And it's to be a creep. How, how can you even... Yeah, they even have a character in The Boys that's like the same thing. Yeah. It's like, how can you even do any good as an invisible person? I mean, maybe like so you can spy on people. That's all this is just spying. Yeah, it's just spy. It's being sneaky. It's being sneaky. Your no whole likes, job is just to be like, oh, you can't Nobody likes me. sneaky people because you can't trust them. Exactly. Basically, your entire job is just to walk around wherever and not like bump into anyone. <laughs> Uh, what is your superpower? Um, well, I'm, I am invisible, but dude, I'm really good at not bumping into people. Do invisible characters get seen on like heat sensors? Uh, in assume. Hollow Man, they do. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hollow Man, also great, creepy movie. Yeah. What's the first thing he does when he turns invisible? He's he, like, let's go, he just, let's go in the this, bathroom. He takes this chick's fucking titty out of her shirt like while she's sleeping. It's like literally the first thing he does. Oh, yeah. Because then, and then there's that shower scene where he's like, He's his dumb ass is like, oh, I'm invisible. It's like, dude, there's steam in here. Yeah, yeah. Classic number one enemy. Steam and dust are like the two biggest threats. Pain on them. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, then they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Again, if you don't bump into anyone, 
No one knows where you are. Hollow Man was also there, Hollow Man was creepy for so many reasons. All the fact that the that laboratory was like fucking fifty stories underground was also like terrifying. Very cool. Like oh, because if shit does go wrong, they got like live like tigers and gorillas and shit in there. They're like yeah, we're kind of trapped. As long as the elevator uh, can pull up quick yeah. enough. I feel like there's got to be a policy where they're like, dude, you can't have the tigers in the basement. <laughs> like, they have to be at least ground level. Yeah. like Because if those motherfuckers run away, dude, they just, you can't be trapped with them. Yeah. Because they're going to kill That's all so of you. so sketch, man. Underground, above ground. Just stay ground level, sea level. Sea level, dude. Stay right at sea level. I don't care where you are. Or, or if you're in Cleveland, lake level. Uh. Rocky River level. <laughs> what, um, but yeah, I was saying I watched that X Force thing and kind of rips one character I would like to see in X Men that I was thinking of from that, though, is this dude, Phantom X. Okay. Who is maybe, he's from the Weapons Plus program, but he basically just like was the last one and is like the embodiment of the whole thing and stole this whole. He's like a very crazy, like genius dude, and his whole power is just making you see, making him, see, him making you see what he wants you to. Okay, so Sorry, almost like kind of twister. Like, yeah, right. So almost like kind of like when Wanda does when she like manipulates a, people's a little brains. Bit, yeah. yeah, but it's basically just he can go like for a cut scene of it. Yeah, and it's just you seeing whatever, and him being able to like fucking escape and shit, and did. It makes the whole book just very like, all right, what's happening and what's not happening yeah. right now. I've always liked very specific powers like that. Like even with like Nightcrawler, like, oh yeah, he can teleport, but only if he can see where he's going. Yeah. Always love that part. Yeah, like very specific, but also like <laughs> practical for lack of a better word. Yeah. For these mystical, you know, yeah, fictional like, powers. You can't just go to like Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. I was gonna say Egypt, like well. Jumper. Yeah. It, that's <laughs> what I think that's what I was thinking of as well. <laughs> They're running down the pyramids like that, movie had so much potential what the hell happened it could have been sick but again it's being able to like go somewhere you can't see is just insane you know nightcrawler's powers he's actually jumping into traveling through this like hell dimension that he is like he's inherited access through from his father Azrael. oh okay so his mom's mystique so Azrael the Oh, the character from, from X-Men is his dad? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. So, like, you see He's him. creepy in that first class movie. He's always just kind of, yeah. like, hanging in the, sh- in the fucking shadows. But he's like. got teleportation powers, too. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I, never, I don't know how I never put that together. Yeah, but it's like... And in the comics, Azrael looks a thousand... He in, doesn't wear a suit? Yeah, he doesn't have, like, a weird suit. In X-Men first class, he kind of just looks like a big bad from, like, a Buffy season. <laughs> like, it's just like a guy with like very like, you're just like, uh, dude, I see red, red paint. Dude, Joss, Joss Whedon was just trolling around on the set that day. What yeah. if we, what if we throw him in like a nice Armani? Yeah. Brian Singer's <laughs> nice, like, what nice do you think we should do? <laughs> Brian Singer. <laughs> and he's like, wish I had a thought bubble above those two guys heads. Speaking of, is there any new DCs? There's no new DC news really. Well, aside from all the shit going on at Warner Brothers, I mean, everything, well, everything's just, just kind of in limbo canceled. right now. Uh, according to when I was listening to Tim Dillon the other day, like Ezra Miller is like still employed by Warner Brothers. Yeah, he's going. He's going to seek treatment, dude. Apparently. They need to get rid of this guy. He's been acting a little erratic. 
Like, dude, like someone's going to make like a documentary about this cat, dude. He has like a fucking like little commune up in like Vermont or some shit. I believe it. And it's just like, like they walked in there. There was just like guns and drugs all over the table and like fucking like 17 year old girls. I mean, listen, I've said it before. And, and I'll as say it's it just again. like, it's cool. I'm non-binary. Hey, it's cool, man. I'm Eobard Thawne. It, it, it's just, I'm the reverse flash right now. Uh, yeah. He's, he's just, uh, he's studying for the role. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, dude, I'm doing a dual role. What you guys didn't yeah. get pictures of was me saving the town. Yeah, I'm doing the reverse Ezra this time around. So like everything that like a respectable actor would be doing, I'm doing the opposite. The opposite. Of that. The, it's actually pretty smart on his part. It's very insane. It, it, yeah, it's a big risk, but it could pay off in the it end. It could pay off. This could really get him to the top. Or he might never act again. Yeah, and we're, and we're here for it. And hey, we're gonna, we're gonna keep you guys posted. No risk, no reward, baby. Big believer, Ezra. I'd say hit up whoever you've been hitting up to get you to the levels you're at, man. And, uh, dude, let's get into some convenience stores and let's just kind of like, let's party. <laughs> like, if you gotta like bring someone along and then now, you know, you guys are robbing a store, it's like, Ezra, I think you should do it, man. That's what Eobard Thawne would do. I agree. What if he just, yeah, like super lost in character? That'd be funny if he was wearing like a lot of like yellow, like <laughs> instead of red or whatever. He's like in the story. He's like, call me Eobar. <laughs> what if he was recruiting me when I met him for his cult uh, in Oberlin? Yeah, I want to recreate that night. I want to see if we can like get, get Ezra Miller I'll back, be like, dude. There's no cops. You know, just just hey, us. Hey man, it's just us. It's from that time. I think you laced weed. I mean, he should be thanking his lucky stars you recognized him. Well, actually, you didn't recognize him until after the fact. But Well, yeah. but I re- No, I recognized but you knew. him, but I didn't know where, from where. Oh, there you go. And then my buddy goes, he was on an episode of Law & Order. And I'm like, dude, he's on like two separate TV shows that I watch. Plumber actor, but he's come a long way. And then yeah. back down again. Well, yes, obviously. Very back down again. Well, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that saga. If we're going to we'll, get there. We'll keep... We'll keep uh, We'll keep you guys in the loop, as always. See, uh, they, that's a movie they can't trash. Uh, well, yeah, they put way too much money into it. There's so much money. Well, we'll see. What if they just they could just CGI someone's face over it? That would be insane. especially Or just, just morph his face to just make him look different. He's playing two characters, so that would be so amazing. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, Flash movie, Warner Brothers, all that good stuff over at HBO. Um, we're going to be after getting going out of here in a second, but uh, we will be back next week. Yeah, And for then sure. we do have some at least one guest lined up, and we'll have those coming at you guys Who pretty soon. You'll never know. You will know. You, you will know. Just Not never, just not right now. You'll know when I want you to know. <laughs> uh, and we also, do owe you guys a Patreon, so we'll we get that Patreon out Patreon, there. Patreon, and also uh, go follow us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash threads and dreads um and secondly i just spoke to yohei mr unmovable himself he has declared that new shoe show untitled shoe show episodes will be coming i was about to say i thought you guys were starting your own podcast no. i thought you were cheating on me no, when i saw I that. Wasn't that you're involved dude yohei <laughs> just sent me a picture of bobby lee and goes this is what you and me would look like together yeah and i was like all right well that's cool you know, um, I'm not crazy that my name wasn't listed anywhere, but uh, Dude, you know that's okay. It's that wasn't. I didn't. I reposted. I want that to be very clear. I didn't even. 
I just reposted Yohei's, but he wants to get a couple big dogs, no pun intended, to someone's Yohei just Instagram. doesn't, doesn't uh, like my involvement in the shoe show because I only wear and one sneakers. Yeah, because all you do is like suggest that Marberries be on the list. <laughs> you're like, what about the Stefan Starberries? Hey, have you guys seen uh, these things? They're called Sperries. They're, they're like, I think they call them boat shoes. They're dude. for boats, dude. Fire. Top cider, t- number one shoe of the year. <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting some people back, uh, some new people on. So, until shoe show coming, new guest shows coming, new Patreons coming, a lot coming your way. I want to thank you guys always for listening. Uh, go fucking do the subscribe things, the fucking post things. Instagram is Threads and Dreads Pod. Like I said, Patreon, Threads and Dreads. Five bucks. I think it's actually four twenty. Cause Chad, dude, you fucking know what it already is. And yeah, show us some love. We'll get you some episodes. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Sean, as always. I love you guys.